Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome everybody. It is March 1st. We're wrapping up the first quarter this year and last week was a wild ride. We're going to talk to Matt about that, find out all that's going on. You know, it's always Matt's fault. <laughs> we blame it all on Matt. We're going to have him on here in just a little bit, give him a bad time about it, but it's so good to have you with us, everybody. You know, this is a great way for us to start out our week. We just counted a privilege to get here and share with you thoughts about what's going on in the industry, educate you on what's happening, and we're just so excited. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals and realtors and builders and anyone else that wants to join you and listen. We're just so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. In today's hot topic, we're going to be talking about recruiting and building solid teams, management teams, solid companies. And it's going to be a month long series of podcasts about recruiting and putting together the right teams. As Jim Collins said, get the right people on the bus and get the right people off the bus. Doesn't mean that they're bad people, but how do you do that? And we have got some of my favorite people on the planet, a husband and wife team that are Berkman consultants and they use the Berkman assessment. We use it. I think it saved my marriage. <laughs> do a Berkman assessment on my wife and I, because my wife goes, married to this unusual guy? And so how do I talk to him? How do I do it? And it, it works for marriages. It works for business. Also, it's interesting. Every time we've done a Berkman personality assessment on one of our clients, the first thing everyone does and gets it goes, I've got to get my wife or my husband to take this so I can figure him out or her out. So anyway, you're going to enjoy today's podcast. It's going to be as informative as it is. I'd say entertaining just because I always have such a good time with Jim and Jeannie every time they get on the podcast. So stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment. We're looking forward to getting into it. It's going to be really excellent, especially as we look at the growth of our industry and what's going to be happening. So Jim and Jeannie Blanchard, founders of Strategic Positioning, will be on in the Hot Topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to Industry Syndicate. Be sure to check out all of the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com. We're proud to be there. And I encourage you to check out all the podcasts there. Also, I want to say a special thank you to the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Check out Mike Frank Tony's January 4th interview, talking about the economic forecast. And then also make sure you sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance. That is a very important way of having your voice heard in Washington, D.C. and the Hill. Dear God, we got to have our voices heard there. And the Mortgage Bankers Association does a great job of echoing all the concerns across us. And they need an army of people calling in. They can't do it on their own. 
And that's how we use the Mortgage Action Alliance. Also, Finastra, Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution is their product that they do a great job. It's a market leader. It's a point of sale and uh, loan origination platforms. We had Dan Putney on talking about mortgage trends on January 11th. Listen to that. A great partners with us and uh, Finastra, F-I-N-A-S-T-R-A.com, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. These two collaboratives do a great job of bringing both lenders and vendors in a more intimate setting, allowing them to compare best practices. We are members members of both. And I got to tell you, both these organizations do a great job of really helping lenders grow their business. Also, we're pleased to have the Community Mortgage Lenders of America as sponsors. Michael Jones interview. Michael Jones is the current president, does a great job. Also, Indicom, they have some wonderful solutions that work at every stage of the mortgage life cycle, including automation, outsourcing, compliance. I want you to check out Indicom.com. We're all looking for resources and Indicom has some great ones. Josh, friend at Accelerate, and he goes, you know what, Dave, I've been looking for a CRM. I'm looking for someone who understands my consumer direct business model. Now, this works beyond consumer direct, but it really works in the consumer direct space. And Josh and this individual connected and made such a difference in the business. I encourage you to check out Incelerate, built for the mortgage industry by the mortgage industry. Also, Knowledge Coop, Ken Perry's company, helping you train up your people, as well as Mobility Mortgage Market Intelligence. Very good, solid product, along with Modex. We use both of these and recommend them to our clients for finding the right talent. Now, these guys, once you've identified talent, do they do what they say they do? Yes. So we're going to talk about how you can pick the right people from a personality standpoint, a fit. But then it's also important to do they actually do the volume they represent they do? We're going to get them on again later in the series so we can talk more about how to be doing effective recruiting. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to Les Parker. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Nails in our pipeline from Market Trader. People gave us Read by Bears. Show us how to live. Rising mortgage rates began in early January, but it does not feel scary to mortgage lenders struggling with capacity. Rates remain near the bliss of last summer due to companies shrinking their margins. The refi gift from the bull market keeps giving. What happens when rates reach their pre-pandemic level of 375? No money and the unmovable high unemployment lies ahead for those living on government bonuses and payment moratoriums. So will a 90% economy, higher rates, and hot housing keep lending at 100%? Will bears show us how to live? These views are my own. Want more? Go to tmspotlight.com. Subscribe for free to Les's subscription newsletter by using the word power for power seller. And now we read over to Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live. I love, love, love this service and product. It's got great market updates and Matt's here with us live. Matt, good to have us here. This service and product loves you too, Dave, very much. <laughs> I'm so glad you turned me on to this thing. So it is all your fault, all the locks yep. that were not locked and all that. So we always blame you of course, because you're the yeah. one bringing us the news. And if we didn't have the news, we wouldn't know that we were messed up. Well, yeah, and I've been telling people that it's a rising rate environment for so long that they probably just tuned out. But no, we're finally seeing the sort of perfect storm that we were afraid of seeing. 
when we first pointed out that treasuries had been indicating this rising rate environment for quite a while, since August, September, at the very least, and that the mortgage market, as Les alluded to, had been able to resist that or flat out ignore it, move in the other direction due to wide margins and MBS outperformance. And uh, those things were gradually running out of room. And it looked like they were getting very near the end of their ropes by the beginning of 2021. And that happened to coincide with this big breakout in the broader bond market. And like I said, was a perfect storm, the bad kind for mortgage rates and uh, MBS as well. And off to the races we go. It's been abrupt, not quite as bad as March 2020. And it's not quite as bad as the uh, 2013 taper tantrum, but it is in a league where those historically bad timeframes operate. Not quite on their level, but it could play in the same game, which is saying a lot. And it's surprising a lot of people. It's definitely getting a lot of questions as to why this is happening. And we should slow our roll real quick for people that don't know what's happening. We're talking about a rise in 30-year fixed rates and 10-year yields, and one that is not overtly connected to any timely events. There's no discrete cause and effect that like we could point to at the beginning of the year with the Georgia Senate election, right? Or we could point to in 2016's presidential election where we had a, an event, boom, and markets were off to the races. So it's a combo yeah. deal and there are a lot of different ways to talk about it, but let's talk about what the damage was last week. Yeah. Can we so, jump in with one thing, Matt, on here? Because I'm looking yeah. at what happened on Thursday the 25th. It was ugly. The 10-year treasury jumped up to 1.614. And now it just spiked up and it came back down. You're going to talk about all that, I'm sure. Anyway, continue on. And that was my next line. And quantifying the damage, we went as high as 1.614 or 1.6138, if you want to be really precise. And the MBS themselves took a half gainer off the high board with 2.5 coupons down almost a point in the space of a day. And if we want to talk about from the end of last week through the lows on Thursday, it was about two points. And that's a substantial move. We have seen two points in a single day before in the very worst case scenarios. But uh, really, anytime you're getting over half a point in any given day, that's a huge negative move. So to lose over a point in a day, it doesn't happen more than a couple times a year in any regular year. So uh, lower coupons, right? At the beginning of the month, we were following UMBS 2.0 coupons. And those are completely toast now because the lowest rate that can go into a 2.5 coupon is 2.75. And that pretty much covers everything now. Not a lot of 2.625s being quoted, but you would need to bump down to the 2.0 coupon for that. So 2.0s lost four points on the week through the lows on Thursday. They bounced back a little bit, but just think about that. Think about going to quote a loan and however many points you have on the loan. Now you got four points less. It's obviously speaks for itself. So Anyway, I think here's the two big questions. Why is it happening? When will it end? As far as the why, it's this combo platter, right? And if you want to go really basic and really 40,000 square foot take on this, it's because COVID numbers are plummeting and vaccines are rolling out well and the economy is adapting pretty well. Even when numbers spiked in December and January, the economy did much better then than it did in the spring. And uh, there's a lot of hope for what the world's going to look like in the future. Now, throw the econo bears a bone. There's also a lot of skepticism about how things will eventually look and whether or not we're on a sugar high right now with help from fiscal and monetary stimulus. But it's a lot better than the market had priced in the middle of 2020. And so we have to adjust to that. 
And a lot of times when we undergo these big picture fundamental adjustments, we can move a little bit too rapidly in one direction. So there are other factors, little pieces of this puzzle. Inflation is definitely on some traders' radar. I think the jury is out as far as whether or not we're going to get a hyperinflationary scenario that some people are talking about. I'm not quite on board with that yet, but at the very least, I'd say I wouldn't rule it out. One interesting piece of last week was the notion that traders are sort of freaking out about the Fed not freaking out as much as they think they should. In mm-hmm. other words, you have the European Central Bank, Royal Bank of Australia, Bank of Japan, all the other major central banks of the world saying, we are getting a little bit concerned about rising long-term yields, and we got your back if things go sideways. Contrast that to what the Fed said last week and before, really, and yeah. not just one of them, but multiple Fed speakers have said, yeah, these rising long-term rates, that's good. That means good things are happening with our goals on inflation and economic growth, and they're not at concerning levels yet. And so when the market hears the Fed say stuff like that, sometimes the market says, oh yeah, now are they too high? And they keep pushing yields higher and higher. And I think that we can definitely look for Powell this Thursday when he does a little uh, web Q&A session with some Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. economic forum to get questions about that. Like say, Jerome, now are you concerned? And if so, like, what are you guys going to do about this if it continues to be a problem? And that will be an informative day this week. Back to your question Thursday last week, that surprisingly enough was a seven-year treasury auction which almost never has a detectable impact on the bond market. So it was truly astonishing. It was the worst seven-year treasury auction in the history of the treasury auctions since they debuted in 2009. And uh, yeah, by far and away, the worst ever. And that really filled a role more than anything. It wasn't because it was a seven-year auction. It was because it was the last treasury auction of the week. It was the longest term offered of the week. And it comes at a time where the market is considering this sort of broad inflection, this shifting of gears, where we might be settling into a new higher range for long-term rates. And it was investors' way of saying, yep, you have gone high enough and uh, you might even go a little bit higher and we're not really looking for a huge bounce right here. It could also just be nobody wants to catch the falling knife of bond prices until we see the support has obviously kicked in. And which is so interesting that it corresponds I'm back on your 10-year graph. I'm on your screen here looking at all this cool stuff on Sun here. Check it out. But I mean, I look at the 10-year treasury on February 25th, and it was exactly at 1 p.m. That was the correlation that caused it to jump up to uh, 1.6 yeah. plus whatever it was. And that was it. That was the trigger. It's fun to watch those things play out in real time, too, like this Friday. For those of you that sign up for a free trial that haven't tried it out before, Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. is a great time to watch because it'll be the big jobs report. Yep. And you'll see it update instantly on the economic chart and then you'll see bonds do their thing. And it won't always be because of the jobs report result, but that is an event that traders trade regardless of the result. They execute their game plans no matter what. So yeah, real time is fun to watch except for last week and the week before and the week before because you're just watching you're just watching the market bleed. Yeah, one person said, yeah, this was a six flags market. I mean, it's a roller coaster ride that just you're barfing every time you have one of these ups and downs when they say what's going on. So I got to chuckle on yeah. This was a six flags market. The nice thing is the higher you go, the faster you go, the more pressure builds in the other direction. The only catch is we don't really know where the outright level of probability is, only that it is getting bigger. 
Just keeping an eye on economic data this week, Powell on Thursday, jobs report on Friday, hoping to see uh, 10-year yields stabilize in this 1.4 to 1.6 range, and then uh, maybe see what they could do about you know, getting back to a more sober pace of increases relative to what we might expect for a healing economy. So one of our listeners just wrote in and said, so caught his opinion. Are we on a sugar high? Uh, it's hard to say because we haven't come back from a global pandemic like this in modern yeah. economic history. And it's really hard to say. I mean, I think the big uh, linchpin there will be, do we get a majority of those 10 million jobs back or are they actually permanently destroyed? Are all the restaurateurs who have gone out of business, are they going to come back into the industry and sort of recover? Are they going to find something else to do? What's that post-COVID economy going to look like? Because I think if you do take 10 million jobs out of the economy, even if the rest of the economy is doing pretty well, I don't think that that bodes well for your sort of engine of economic growth right. and inflation potential. And then that sort of speaks to what rates coming back down a little bit. Also, you have unknowns like new COVID variants, if those sort of defy vaccines and maybe cause a little bit of concern there, that could put the brakes on the market pretty quick. If you have a rotation out of stocks for some reason on some large scale, even if it's not for any hugely bad reason, but just investors decide it's time to let stocks cool off 10, 15, yeah. 20%, then some of that money is going to find its way into the bond market. And if yields go high enough relative to where they've been, then a good portion of investors are going to say, oh, hey, um, looking at yields here on 10-year 1.5, hmm, I might actually want to park a little bit of money there, especially yep. if stocks are stagnating. I can't believe I'd say I want to park money at 1.5, but some people might be feeling that way after 2020. It does seem a bit overdone, but sometimes when things seem overdone, that's the reason they can keep going because a small portion of the market is taking advantage of an imbalance of the overabundance of positions on one side of the trade or the collective wisdom thinking things should happen in one way and sort of punishes the pain trade or capitulation yeah. sort of thing. But it's just like you pointed out earlier, it's a great week to get your free trial using yeah, LOL week, really. and get the double the free trial period because of what's going to come on Friday and watch it real time. And you too will get excited and why I am excited about this fabulous service. I was talking to Andy Shell over the weekend and he was saying, I just love Matt's screens. He says, there's a couple of these charts that are just so good. And he says, I just live on these things. So I've got fans, man. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Again, check out the guy going to mbslive.net and put in a code for LOL, look at Atlantic, and you'll get the double extended trial period with no credit card required. So should sign up and pay for the whole service. It's a great service. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Have a great rest hey, of the week. You have a good one. You bet, Ben. Talk to you soon. Alice Alvey's here with us. Alice is the CMB Vice President of Training and Education at Union Home Mortgage. She's got the legislative update, and she also works with our beloved Bill Cosgrove, who's going to be our guest next week as we continue the topic on what we're starting off this week. So, Alice, good to have you here with us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to next week, as well as this week, because I know we'll get some great insights from our special guest today. So, you know, since Rob couldn't report in, I guess I'll pick up a few of the things. For those of you who don't read your MBA advocacy update every Monday morning that Rob sends out, uh, there is some great information. I guess I will kick off with the fact that the stimulus bill did pass the House, which I'm sure a lot of you are aware of on Saturday. I just like to add the math, right? So there are the summaries that give you the high-level numbers of what all the things are 
are that are included for the checks, the unemployment, state and local infrastructure, education, food, restaurants. And when I add up the numbers, it comes up to $1.984 billion. And I don't know about you, but rounding to me, people should be saying it's $2 trillion. So it's a lot. And then there are the provisions that aren't even in that number between the minimum wage, child care credit, and then support for health care subsidy for unemployed and other low income. So there's a lot in there. As far as the mortgage piece, the MBA did respond, sent a letter to the House ahead of the vote, noting some key provisions of interest to the real estate industry, including some emergency rental assistance. So the MBA did make sure our voice got heard in there. Now, there is a Senate bill that's Senate 254 that is looking to try and also create a homeowner assistance fund for another $75 billion. So we'll be watching that to see if we'll get anything from that that is needed. And there is a lot in there for mortgage relief. So I think that's different from what we're seeing in the big $2 trillion stimulus package that's coming up. But just wanted everyone to know, we'll watch that. It doesn't seem like it's folded into this. And of course, it'll go through changes as it goes through the Senate. And we'll talk about in the coming weeks, their goal is to try and pass that you know, by mid-March. As far as mortgage only today, today is the first day for the new uniform residential loan application, the old fashioned. 1003 with the new format goes into full swing today. Everybody's getting a first look at the USDA GUS system since it also rolled out at 7 a.m. this morning. So we had teams on there. And I do have to give a shout out to USDA. I don't know the background on why they had to wait till the last minute to roll it out. But they did say that we're going to hedge our bets. You guys have got to get your conditional commitments in early. And I'm sure the entire industry was flooding them over the last two weeks with loans. And they've been responsive. They got caught up. Maybe there's lenders out there who had problems, but from our vantage point, what we saw, it did seem like they went through the loans quickly and the USDA loans, if you paid attention to them and made it a project, those should all be closing smoothly, even though Gus is just rolling out today. So from what I see, Earlier so far, we'll be learning more as we try and get these loans through our pipelines, right, all the way through when we actually ship them off to the agencies. And for those of you who send to investors, what kind of data issues you might have at that point. But pretty smooth so far, at least from our vantage point. The other thing I want to give everyone a heads up on is DU 11.0 is going to roll out on March 13th. This is a slight tightening of the credit box. And so Fannie Mae has provided lenders with analysis of what could happen in their individual portfolios. So every customer Fannie's is going to look a little bit different based on your overall risk tolerance that you have in your portfolio and your risk profile that you have anyway. And of course, to the one loan officer whose deal doesn't get approved now that would have been approved before, that's going to be enough, right? That's a big deal, any change in the credit box. But it is occupancy, LTVs above 80 or below, borrowers with low, or very low income. So their housing goals seem to be impacting some of this. Property type, transaction type, your basic eligibility criteria are the areas that you might feel a little bit slight differences, decimal, tenths of decimal differences, but in a big shop, those numbers can add up quickly for loans that won't get approved. So make sure your staff knows to keep their DU case file ID the same. One little change in the loan data and if someone resubmits it when they had an approval in the new system, Again, very small percentage of the loans 
uh, may not get approval once DU 11.0 goes in. So that'll be over the weekend of March 13th. So that's my update for today. Dave, want to give everybody a heads up on those couple of things. Good job. So anyway, I'm looking forward to next week. Tell Bill, get ready. We're so excited to have him on and following up. And a lot of it's because of the tools that you guys use on hiring and what a great job you do. So it's going to be a natural sequence to biggie back right off of what we're going to be talking about today. So Alice, I know you're going to be on for the whole podcast in the Hot Topic segment. So look forward to your contribution here shortly. Appreciate it. All right, let's get over to Alan Pollock. This is one of the highlights of my week. I actually have way too much stuff to talk about today, David. So I'm going to go slow, but whatever we don't get to, we'll cover next week. So yeah. some cool stuff. Right? Let's talk non-mortgage for a second because we could talk about the Earl all day long and just be blue in the face and just keep talking. So check this out. American Express, they add damage protection to their cards. They cover up to $1,600 per year. Talk about knowing your customer base and being tech friendly. I think that's huge. And hopefully it's a suit to follow. Everybody pays that extra insurance fee every month on their Verizon, Sprint, or AT&T bill. It's expensive, and sometimes you break the phone multiple times, and sometimes you don't, but you know how it goes. If you don't have the insurance, you will wind up breaking your phone. So anyways, Amex is adding this to their card for free. So nothing's free, but you understand how it works. So you want to check that out. David, we talk about the little pets, right? All of our little doggies and cats. Mm-hmm. So the internet of pets are tech pets friendly community. We look better and we live better with pets. And it's known that you will live longer. Swedish residents from age 45 to 80, these these scientists found that those who suffered a heart attack and lived alone were 33% less likely to die after being released if they had to own a dog. So basically, our furry friends keep us alive. And the whole point there is, where are we going? You know, can you imagine that we may have pets do digital pet versioned walkthroughs of homes before we buy them? That may be a new uh, startup idea. So anyway, speaking of startups and great technology companies, David, Housing Wire has officially released the 2021 Tech 100. A lot of fantastic companies on there. Uh, Proud to say the company I work for open closes on there as well, but many others are, especially the ones that we talk to all the time. So check it out. You can head over to Housing Wire and see all of those great companies. And they also release their 100 tech companies in real estate as well. So go check that out. This one's near and dear to my heart. Talked about a few times. It's something that I just truly love and, and how this industry needs more of it. I talk about Flagstar all the time when this topic comes up. They have their mortgage fintech accelerator. If you remember, they back a bunch of these different companies. They're in their second cohort of their accelerator right now. You can still apply. They're focused on companies that are interested in compliance, credit, quality, marketing, origination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Help bring mortgage fantastic and help bring innovation and drive those great ideas to actually become a product and Flagstar wants to help you with that. Three companies made it into their accelerator right now. You may know these companies. The first one is a company called Stavi. They're a digital mortgage vendor grabbing data, the exposure to risk of talking to many different data providers. They couple it all together in one. Home right. Lending Pal, which is an AI platform that helps in the research and buying process for borrowers. And then RealKey, which helps in document collection. So just those three companies right there, great ideas, great concepts. You may work with them. You want to check it out. By the way, if you are a tech startup and you're listening to our podcast, you want to check out at TechCrunch. It's called their virtual event, April 1st and April 2nd. It's basically for early stage companies and it's startup boot camp. There's all kinds of speakers. There's VC people there. There's companies. There's examples. It's a two-day virtual event. Probably one of the best things you can do is go sign up and check it out. Now, moving on to mortgage stuff, David. We've got Stuart. We all know Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. I always make that mistake when I talk to some of my friends over at Stuart. Anyways, they just acquired Signature Closers, LLC, 
and it claims to strengthen the digital strategy by creating a centralized experience that includes recently acquired notary cam and partnership with CertifiedD. So very interesting stuff going on there. Obviously, Stewart's focused on the title and the closing aspect and how they can continue to get transactions there. They obviously are very big in the title space. Finicity, David, we know them now as a MasterCard company, and hopefully one day we can announce that MasterCard's now covering your cell phone damage as well as Amex. But they announced uh, their one-touch mortgage verification system, MVS, and what they're doing is asset that's income and employment in one single interaction. This one's great, David. CoreLogic, they just introduced what they call UTDS. It's called the Universal Title Data Structure. Basically, they're going to all of the different PDFs and different documents in the title process you would have to go to, and they're extracting over 350 individual data elements. They're looking at title commitments, tax certificates, major endorsements, property records. So they're saving a ton of time that would typically be needed to spend taking that data off. They're sending it in one data transaction. So you want to check that out from CoreLogic. Be Smarty just acquired another period of strategic growth from M3 three growth and they're going to be focusing on all the things in 2020 they say that they were just you know so happy about what they did more importantly uh, they're going to be driving customer success which is what we should all be focused on especially with the uh, margins and then finally david the last thing i want to talk about is erla hopefully you successfully release erla along with your vendors get out there and test there still could be those couple things that maybe aren't coming over right or working correctly a lot of new questions about how title will be held you want to look at that but anyways the point there is catch it now before your borrowers catch and you have bigger issues. So get out there, make sure you did your testing or your staff has. Next week, we'll talk about some amazing things, product principles, user interface design, testing, et cetera, but get those early things tested. And thank you for listening to us today. Yes. Good information. I know people that sit down and think, oh, Alan's coming on. I mean, I can think of several clients that are studious and listening to what you have to say. Well, I love it. Alan, great to have you with us. Appreciate it. Check Alan out. You can reach him at Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at TMS-advisors.com. And David, yes. you know, yeah. I've gone through this personality test with the folks that we're going to be talking to yeah. this afternoon. If you remember, yeah. they said that I am an absolutely amazing individual and they helped you learn how to interact with me. Yes, they did. They did help me interact with you and it was very good. So yes, you've been through the, the Berkman assessment. Anyone who's affiliated with our firm goes to the Berkman assessment and you are affiliated with that's why it's good. So we can look forward to having your feedback and your contribution as we head into the hot topic. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it very much. Folks, that wraps up this week's mortgage update part of the podcast. Next week, as we've said several times, we'll have Bill Cosgrove with us of Union Home Mortgage. Bill, someone I respect very much. And we're going to be talking about recruiting and building top teams. So good to have you with us this week. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility RE, Modex, MBA, so many companies out there. Check them all out on our sponsorship page. Great having you with us, listeners. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.